0: Hello and welcome to For the Love of Mary, a podcast series that tracks my journey to finding the relationship between the Virgin Mary and the position of women in Ireland. It's told through the conversations and stories shared with some of the most amazing women on this island. My practice as an artist is very much founded in the idea of gathering the stories of women, and this project was no different. Supported by the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, Siap Award, I was able to travel to meet with women, research the ideas that came up in our conversations, document shrines, all with the view of getting to the bottom of why she's so prevalent in Irish culture and from that create new works of spoken word and poetry. I had no script, no questions drafted. So what you're about to hear are all very much responsive conversations. I hope you enjoy this journey just as much as I did. Don't forget to share and subscribe and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of For the Love of Mary podcast. In this episode I get to speak to Michaela McDade. Um, Michaela is uh, an amazing woman. She is a um, she has a practice in ecotherapy of that idea of getting back out into nature and um, because it's good for the so it's good for you it's it kind of like, as as a therapy to to get away from confinement of offices and um and get out walking and she's got, she's amazing, um and I always knew she was amazing and listening to her talk and share her story in this, in this podcast kind of really opened my eyes as to how blooming awesome she is. Anyway, there's a point through this story where it came completely threw me for a curveball because, um, it was something that was really unexpected. Um, she talks about being in, um, being in psychiatric care, um, and the woman in the bed next or the, the woman, meeting a woman in, in there that thought she was the Virgin Mary which really hit me because when I was growing up my, um, part of my story is that my mother um, was sectioned and commi- and. and, and Spent some time in the same psychiatric facility that um, Michaela was in, and um, and when she was there, she met the woman. The woman that was in the bed next to her thought she was the Virgin Mary, and it was one of those. Oh my goodness, could it be the same woman? And we we had this whole like, what did she look like? And not that I knew what she looked like because that just it wasn't de- they weren't details that my mother went into, but um. In in sort of reflection on it, it was a case of, well, given sort of the state of the mental health service and, you know, if she had long-term psychiatric problems, that, yeah, the chances are that it was the same woman that my mum met, which is just kind of, yeah, that sort of six degrees of separation thing. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Um... The story, yeah, Michaela's stories are lovely and I had a blast recording them, so please enjoy and I will catch you on the other side. We'll do that thing. Anyway, cheers. Bye. Hello. 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 Um, can I have your name, please? My name is Michaela McDade. Hello, Michaela. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this for me um, and... Um, Yeah, so we're chatting about Mary, the Virgin Mary. This is my journey to find the Virgin Mary.
1: Mm -hmm. And I believe that you were going to share a story with me. I am. When you had asked me to do this, at first I thought I had nothing of any significance or nothing to say. But the more I thought about it, one of my first memories of Mary, I emigrated from Derry to Australia when I was four born into the Catholic Irish family. So was very aware of, you know, the icons and the pictures and it was very important to me to be good and to be holy. That was very important and going to Mass. So my first memory is learning the Hail Mary off by heart and how proud I was when I could say the whole thing. Of course, having no understanding of what I was saying or what any of it meant. Also being aware... That he learned the Our Father first. That was the important one. And then the Hail Mary afterwards. And that was like almost like another notch-up if he knew both. So I emigrated to a very small, isolated mining town in the northwest of Western Australia in the Pilbara region. And I would have been about five or six, probably six, when we had our first nativity play. And I remember feeling Special because I was the only practicing Catholic that actually knew what this was about and knew the story because I went to Mass on a Sunday, so I was a proper holy girl. I knew about Mary and I knew this story. And I remember the teacher, Miss Pierpoint, talking about the Nativity play and us getting our parts in the play and who was to do what. And I was really wanted to be Mary because she was the main one she was the one that had jesus so she was the the main character and being me i wanted to kind of be center stage i wanted the big role and i was sure that i would get the big role because i was the only proper holy one and i knew that i had blue eyes and you I I had fair skin and of course as we know mary has blue eyes and fair skin <laughs> makes perfect sense totally so perfect. i thought i would be perfectly cast as mary and i was all excited and I remember going through the, we got you know, the weekend at of scrubs, and I was really anxious that I should be Mary and I was well excited. And I got the part of Mary and I was beaming with pride and I was so excited because this was, she was the main one. I remember thinking she's central to this story, this nativity story. She gets, she has Jesus, so she must be the most important one. And we went on then to our first rehearsal and we got the wee scrubs. And I remember kind of reading through the script. And well, Mary didn't speak. I was so disappointed. Rachel Armstrong got to be Gabriel. And Gabriel had all the speaking part. And she got to do all the reading and the big words. And I felt robbed. (laughs) I was wild disappointed that I had to be Mary. I read through it. And I had to enter stage left looking tired and didn't speak now when you go to the ends there's no room at the end and then at the end i had to sit and smile holding baby jesus and i was crestfallen to say the least i was so disappointed that she was the main character but she didn't have a speaking part and i was wild disappointed so i did it and i smiled but i Talk about making the most of a non-speaking part. I smiled to the point of pain. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting there going, "Mm, I am. So I remember being very aware of why did she not get to speak? Why did somebody else say her lines? And why did I not get the speaking point? Because I was a good reader and I knew the big words and I would have been better than Rachel at it. So I felt very hard done by that I didn't get to be Mary. Doesn't get to speak as Mary.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that that's quite a it's quite an apt like reading of the sort of the, the in my journey of of finding Mary and this was it's funny that you brought this up because it was something that I was thinking about um, <laughs> over the last few days even in the nativity play she doesn't really um, sorry. I'm just gonna turn this around for me though. Um Yeah, even in the, the nativity play, she doesn't have a voice and it's always the girl who is meek and, or who's very quiet and very docile and quite um shy or, you know, is not ostentatious, is not, you know, very like bold character that gets to play Mary. Yes. Um, How are we doing now? That's a wee bit better. Awesome. Mm. Um, so yeah, she, she's she's kind of, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's it's sort of like, why does the central figure not have a voice? Why does she not
1: speak? Mm. And it was, it was looking the part. I remember practicing my Mary smile in the mirror, looking at you know, pictures and I had my first Bible stories book, which was very important to me, and looking at pictures of Mary, and you never saw her teeth. I remember practising the smile, but you had to just smile, but not smile like you were happy. You know, you couldn't, it wasn't a big smile, it was a demure kind of, um, a quiet smile, a docile quiet, even, you couldn't even smile too much. Um, and like I say, just being very aware that I was important, and I was central, even Flame and Joseph got to speak. He got to ask for the room at the inn. Even and he's innkeepers. not even the father. like Exactly. <laughs> the innkeepers got to faking speak, speak. Everybody was speaking except Mary. And I thought I had the big role and I didn't have the big role at all. Yeah. I think, yeah, it is really...
0: I feel um, I'm sort of on been on this journey and I'm kind of like I'm coming to the end of doing the these conversations. Um I imagine it will be oh, oh, there won't be very many more after after yours. Maybe there will be. I don't know. But yeah. um but I think the realisation has been how little how little of, of actual Mary there is. You know, that it's not her. it's it's the idea of her that has been created yes and that's
1: um, I feel sad for her I feel really really sad for her Because what would she say you know if there were a script and there was no Mary's part what would she say what would be her voice yeah it was just all about how I looked and I was aware that the blue eyes were important but I have blue eyes I think that's why I got the part when right. I looked the part and that's all that mattered that I looked the part wow well, looked like Mary <laughs> I still do
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the yeah yeah still quite soft um yeah she's yeah it's kind of this this has been... It's been quite like it's been quite challenging, I think, mm. to to look at Mary in in all different angles and and really examining her up close and how we feel and like in this sort of Irish culture mm. and that's heavily steeped in Catholicism and heavily steeped in or she she's she's an intrinsic part of mm. of the culture um and just how we look at it and what she's what what is what has been attributed to her and what she's what, everywhere yeah what she's that's, responsible for right. and it's not even it's not even her that's Ooh. yeah ah but that's that's kind of interesting the nativity yeah because i was never i was i i, I was i was never mary. We never married. no i was oh, never oh, married yeah. i was not a mary no, I was, an, I was not a Mary. I was an angel. Um, did you get to speak? I did. Yeah, yeah. You see, even the angels spoke. <laughs> well, I, well, I was a, I was a, in the chorus of angels, so we mm-hmm. spoke together. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to speak on my own. And then, um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I always felt angry at the shepherds and the right. wise men. As a, as a kid with the nativity play. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they get to speak? And the angels, the messengers of
1: God, we have to, all we get to say is glory to God, the highest. But the mother of God, I didn't get to say. <laughs> well, that's very true. But and even in that primary school, there was less than 100 children in the primary school. And I could have counted the children from practicing Catholic families was maybe eight And I could have nearly named them. There it wasn't a Catholic school, it wasn't in a Catholic or Christian particularly environment, but we still did the Nativity play. It's a great story. We still and it was and I remember feeling very proud and dare I say superior because I went to Mass on a Sunday and I knew the story before anybody else knew the other children this was actually new to them they had no concept of it and I remember bringing in my Bible straight. I know this I know what happens I was all (laughs) delighted so thinking that's why I got the part wow wow. (laughs) yeah in, in our primary school so there was um
0: there was a girl in my class and she always played Mary. And previous to her playing Mary, her sister, her older sister played Mary. So we were a really tiny primary school. There was like, I think, so we had primary nursery and primary one. Yeah, so re- reception class and prim- half of primary one. No, no reception, primary one and half of primary two, that's what it was. We're in the same class then. Primary... The other half of primary two primary three and primary four right. were in another class right. together and then five six and seven were in a class together so and in the five six and seven there was about 20 i think we counted them there was 27 people in the whole of the classroom and that was the three years together so that's oh, how small our goodness. primary school was um and yeah so the this this fa- particular family they were all very quietly spoken and all very yeah. quiet and they did ballet and they yes. did, you know, they were, they were, and yeah, just remember looking and going, huh. yeah, she gets it because she's quiet. Huh. She gets to play Mary yes. because she's quiet. Yes. Um, And that's the central
1: role. You that's think that's going to be role? the big part. It's not. Scanning yeah. through the script and oh, yeah. disappointment that I didn't get to speak. So like I say, I, I made the most of it. I was aching with a smile I had the smile down to a fine art and I walked very slowly to have more stage time
0: <laughs> other than just I'm sitting here at the end and all of these people are they're coming sitting, and speaking at I, me I just sit
1: there holding a doll yeah. smiling that was it that's all I had to do <laughs> oh
0: my goodness yeah and it's funny because yeah um when you like when you talk to teachers and they're choosing the char- they're choosing the children like because you know like you have to give everybody a role yes. and everybody has to play their part and all of that stuff and you choose people who you think
1: mm-hmm.
0: will be able to carry the the roles mm-hmm. and and that is one of the things you choose the the quiet and sort of serene looking child. Yes. <laughs> to, well, there we go. <laughs> I must have been serene
1: looking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to play Mary? Oh,
1: it wasn't a big character, but i just thought it said maybe a lot about um not having a voice she's yeah, central but she doesn't, she have, doesn't have a, a voice. voice and then like i say wondering what would she have said if she had yeah. a voice what was her story what was her dialogue that's yeah that's a that's a pretty big question
0: and oh, a pretty wow. big i mean she does she she doesn't speak very much and she doesn't there's not really there's not really very much in, in terms of text about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she does speak, there's this glimmer of mother in her.
1: Right.
0: And I think it's, it's really interesting that that idea that she is the only the only person who is present at both his birth and his death.
1: Oh, I never thought of
0: that. She's there Aye. as a bookend yes. for his life you know she and I think that in one in one aspect I I kind of understand why she is revered Mm. in such a way but at the same time is that raising her up and part yeah part of the exploration of this has been to find out what what does that mean Mm. to women what 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 are the mm. consequences of having this iconic female character mm-hmm. raised up in such a way and designed in such a way then that what does it mean then to mm. to to the women that are then having to live underneath
1: yeah that? Yeah. And her role as mother. Yeah. it's the full stop. Yeah. What that this seems to be.
0: But it's a very det- detached kind of mother mm. i think mm. Just... because we don't see her we don't really see her being the nurturing no we don't see her the the sort of the, the teacher element we don't all of the things that you think about like when you think of mother what do you what are the what are the ideas that you mm. you think of
1: For me, I think nurturing and protection. I always see a mother, and it's a kind of protective role, looking after, nurturing, um, and a kind of anchoring or grounding for a child. I always think, no matter where you are, your mother's a kind of a grounding point. Yeah. So I always think of it. Um. But I had like I said, I hadn't really thought about it being of any significance to me except then that it was constant you know you're always aware of Mary and again growing up in a Catholic Irish household but in the outback of Western Australia you're still really aware of it you know the pictures in the wall and um, going to Mass every Sunday and it being a very anchoring central part of your identity being very aware that I was Catholic very yeah. very aware and that being important to me and me seeing that as not only important, but that made me good. Being holy made me good. And knowing my prayers made me good. And I was a good girl when I could recite the Hail Mary off by heart and not forget any words. Didn't have to understand the words, didn't have to have any <laughs> meaning attached to them. Just being able to rhyme it off was important. So I think's interesting too. You put the significance on it. Yeah. That makes me good. Being holy makes me good, and smiling uh, serenely is good.
0: Yeah, you know it's what she does well. <laughs> um, all those, all those statues. Um, and so, like thinking about, I'm still not happy with this. That's. Are you better? Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this okay that's okay. grand that looks a wee bit better um, it's just me I'm the problem now I spend so much time fussing over like getting, <laughs> making sure your time is okay um but uh yeah the like you mentioned the you mentioned the Hail Mary and the prayer and not knowing what it meant and not understanding the words at what point do you think did you think about the words? And what was what was the sort of, not
1: until adulthood, when I questioned Catholicism, religion, and everything, was the first time I ever thought about the words, and did feel that I had been brainwashed, you know, to know these words, and and like I say, the hierarchy too, that the Hail Mary was the second prayer. You always learned the Our Father first. And the parts in it, um Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy woman Jesus. Why were we praying for Jesus' thigh? Why not the rest of his leg? Why did we pray for I remember wondering that. Blessed I yeah. blessed is the fruit of thy woman Jesus. I focused on the thigh. <laughs> and I actually thought and I, and then when in school, when you learned what a thigh was, I wondered why that part of Jesus's leg was while important, that we prayed for it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh. But I think it was kind of held up as um, that that's maybe what you aspired to be. That, you know, everything that to me, in my innocence, Mary represented demure and serene and beautiful and kind of compliant became a uh, aspiration. You know, that's how a woman should be. If you could get to be like Mary, then that was that was a good thing. That was something to and then don't speak of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there that is probably the nutshell right there. Don't speak.
0: Don't yeah. have an opinion, don't um and just take whatever is you know, take whatever you're told to do and yes. do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think the difficult the difficult part of this journey has been um looking at a woman who is created essentially created for the purpose of a man. Like oh. Just, oh. just created to be this mother. It's
1: a vessel. Mm. It's
0: a, uh... That's it, you know. And particularly in a, in a time where I mean, I'm a very opinionated feminist, as we <laughs> discovered earlier on today, uh, in in conversations, um, that resulted almost in a dead boyfriend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm very opinionated, and the idea of the idea of a woman being created
1: with with no other purpose, and that must filter through. You know, to see that and that being held up as the kind of epitome of womanhood must filter through then in your thoughts about yourself and your aspirations for yourself and what makes you a good person. And you sort of see that just held up as the, I don't know, the, the pinnacle of what's right for a woman. That does affect you. I think it does. Do they still have nativity, please? Is it Stella? They do. I think. Yeah, they do. Um,
0: I think in a more secular culture, you'll find other weird characters, hmm. kind of coming into the nativity. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think isn't it one of the advertisements on TV? No, was it? Was it in? Wasn't it in Love Actually, the film? Right. Where they had the whole like somebody was an octopus and somebody else was a spaceman and but it was all part of an the nativity play. Right. Um. It's not. It's not a big massive feature, but it's right. just you see. You see these. You see this happening, and you could kind of see where it goes on in their whole Christmas concert and all of the schools getting together. And right. of course, everybody has to have a role and everybody has to play. I mean, I think my my kids, their primary school, and I think it was the before before they changed things to they they only did a play once a year and it was the end like sort of coming to the end of primary seven right. that they would they would reserve it for the primary seven class and they would put on the play and it would be their leaving right. sort of salute to the school yep. like they would get to do this yep. play and it would be great crack and they'd all have fun but they did they did once do this massive nativity extravaganza that involved the whole school Now, how do you get a, it's a lot of shepherds it's a lot They <laughs> sh- gets to be something oh. <laughs> yeah all the whole entire nursery class were were angels right and they were so cute and you had like um some classes were animals in this table <laughs> oh, right what? so
1: you get to be a, <laughs> so kind of a, a shaper. Shaper.
0: oh yeah or a um, hay
1: bale <laughs> yeah
0: well not the hay bale no no they all they all they were all animated characters um and yeah I remember taking like so I would have I would have helped out in the school and and would have made would have helped making costumes and doing the face painting and Mm. painting sets and whatever whatever you could it was a really lovely community kind of uh, the the school um sort of valued the the role that parents played in their children's lives yeah. and the principal that was at the school he knew every single child by name and he knew every adult associated with that child so if you came that's in that's lovely yeah he Aye. he knew your name and he Aye. knew what child you were Aye. linked to and he really encouraged parents to come in and 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 help out so yeah they they had um they did this massive nativ- nativity play that involved the whole school. And I think it completely broke all of the staff to the point where they went, We're never, ever, ever, ever doing a nativity. We can do the nativity in the nursery.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: and they can do that as part of their like their sort of oh it's Christmas we'll do the nativity and we'll introduce them to Catholicism in this way but other than that no no No. (laughs) and it really was like you know as a parent you were standing out the back with right I have the primary fives who has the primary (laughs) sixes (laughs) Who has the P2s? Where 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 have they gone? Oh my goodness, I'm supposed to have seventeen children. I've only got fifteen. There are two missing. Where I got two sheep missing? Awol. <laughs> oh. Crazy. Yeah, and like sitting sewing so to stupid o'clock Uh-oh. in the morning of these like little hoods that with ears. Right. It's the easiest way to do
1: the animals. We just made these wee hoods with ears. I remember there being a lot of tinsel. <laughs> tinsel of was tinsel. the thing. There was oh. halos all over the shadows it was halos yes. left, right, and centre. <laughs> Tin- tinsel for the angels. Ah, they had to have their tinsel halos. Yeah. that was. Uh, I maybe a wee belt around
0: your waist in tinsel as well, because ah. you had to sparkle. Ah. And 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 if you got an angel, if you I don't know about in your schools if you got the role of an angel by god did you want the most amount of tinsel because you wanted to stand you out wanted to be the head you angel you wanted to be covered <laughs> in tinsel so that everybody noticed <laughs> no, you t- t- on stage you have to make a difference yeah and you're going to say <laughs> the lightest you know yes. the- glory to God. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, what was the crack of the angel gabriel though she had so much to- is she the narrator in the story because uh, like, I just remember Rachel Armstrong having a lot of lines. G- Gabriel is technically is she? well, most angels are technically male. Oh, right.
0: They're the sons of God. So, like in in the Old Testament, the Sunday school version of the Noah and the Flood is that people were bad, so God sent the flood. Yes. The not Sunday school ver- version of the Noah and the Flood is that the sons of God, i.e., angels, came down and mated with the daughters of man i.e. Right. Um, women and they had children and these children were titans and they right. were called the Nephilim and uh, so God decided to get rid of get rid of this right? and so wiped out a huge portion of the earth through the, th- the flood so yeah all, all, oh, wow. all of the angels are technically supposed to be or the angels really? that we know of are are all male figures, mm. but I think in terms of art, Gabriel is always depicted in quite an androgynous sort of way, so there's mm. always that kind of blurring, and I think we then take um, the mythology a, a wee bit further and mm. um, <laughs> have have this idea that you know some angels can be. Hey
1: there, well. well, Rachel Armstrong had short hair as well which ah. was unheard of for a six-year-old that that's was, why she that's got the role she got, of gabriel yeah, she had short hair and i had blue eyes that was that I was just gonna be but even the sunday school too um it's like i say in Panawanika. it was such a small town there was one church and it was Catholic on a Monday and Protestant on a Sunday. Wow. Because the priest would fly in, you know, his diocese covered thousands of kilometers in three or four different towns. Oh my goodness. So I had absolutely no concept of, I knew Catholic and Protestant was different and I knew that I was Catholic, but my mommy really, we had Sunday school, which was run by my mommy, a Catholic woman from Derry and Evelyn Levi who was a Thursday Islander and a Protestant and there wasn't enough practicing Christians of any denomination to have it so they came together and um, wow. we sang songs and we colored in pictures and we learned your catechism yes I remember um we songs with actions father Abraham has many sons and what I do remember is I don't know if superiority is the right word but feeling special because I I was part of some club you know I got to go to Mass on a Sunday and as is often the case with immigration we lived in a small isolated mine in town but when we went to Mass on a Monday and not a Sunday because the chapel was Protestant on a Sunday we could only have it on a Monday afterwards you know when people gather outside and chat Cockhill Chapel in Boncranagh you may as well have been there the, yeah. pop, the Irish population of Panawonica wasn't just Irish, it was from Donegal, not only Donegal, from Boncrana. Because oh. when people often emigrate, they go to where they know people. So it had kind of transported the Cockhill Parish under the outback of Western Australia. The talk after mass was, you no know, who died and who had a and all the news from home, of course, pre-internet. um But like I said, I remember no one there was two kind of big catholic families in Panawanika. we were one of them because we would four children and that was huge wow that was a big it was four of us most of my friends only had one no there was uh, single children families but it was a very important part of my childhood just religion generally
0: yeah
1: and I didn't realise it at the time thought it was for everybody I suppose if
0: if it gives comfort, yeah. well, kind of is so. the community part. The, oh. I think yeah. Well, I'm, I've I've talked about this a few times through through these through these conversations. My mum converted to Catholicism later in life, um, when she was in her forties. Right. And, um yeah it was very much for her that she didn't feel she didn't feel part of the community hmm. um, so yeah it was like during so just pre Good Friday agreement excuse me um, 1996 in Derry when Drum Creek kicked off and there was huge unrest a massive rioting, and um, and my mum my mum was originally from the fountain mm-hmm. And she grew up there, she had her first house whenever she was married there and, and so whenever her marriage broke down that was where she went back to because that was where she knew. And um, when Drum Creek kicked off and um, because she was in a mixed relationship and I was in a mixed relationship um, and we were told that if we, if we didn't get out we would be burned out that was that was it and we had three days to move to pack up all of our things and move out and we could only be in from like the morning until six in the evening so right. we had a police guard outside mm. to protect us and they would they could only be there until six o'clock because there was such unrest in mm. the town that that they were needed elsewhere mm. so they couldn't really divert for, for that much longer so yeah whenever we moved and and we we both we both ended up in the brand of Elle.
1: Of course you did. <laughs> Where <laughs> else are you going to be?
0: <laughs> totally different planet. I yeah it was it was kind of like wow <laughs> this is this is completely bizarre and um but but you know my neighbours were our neighbours were amazing and and it, it really kind of opened my eyes up. <laughs> like that is, you know, cross like um, the cross community kind mm-hmm. of, kind of oh. intervention. Here, you you're from this community, yeah. and you're going to live here. But yeah, my mom decided that she didn't. Her the people that she thought was was part of her community were not there for her. Really, and they they turned they had essentially turned their back on her and she didn't know she didn't know the minister of the church she mm-hmm. didn't know the parish she so she was she was terrified of the idea of dying and a a, a stranger um presiding over her funeral oh. yeah and so she joined the Catholic Church, and um, she was confirmed, and she had a a sponsor, and um, who was her friend, and um, yeah, that was that was her. I mean, she was never yeah. able to take communion because she was divorced. Right. But um, but yeah, just and she would go to mass, and she would she would pray, and she would
1: yeah, she learned all the prayers, all the did prayers. You know them off by heart. She knew but she them. But did she pay for Jesus' thigh? Cause that's, <laughs> no, his left thigh or is right thigh. It's a very important part of Jesus. You have to pray for his thigh. <laughs> I, I never knew this existed.
0: <laughs> no, um, but, and then she, she would have taken she would have taken my kids and she took them to mass whenever, oh. you know, and dealt with all of that sort of stuff. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, their dad, so their dad was Catholic, but um, I wasn't. And you know, frequently going through the whole first holy communion thing and being like, I'm not the Catholic. I have no idea what's going on. You're going to have to tell me. And the teacher's been like, "Okay, mm. it's all right." Okay. Um, but yeah, I think Chloe's for Chloe's first communion. They they there was some centenary of the church, and they had to walk around. All of the communion class had to walk around the church, and like the outside of the church and do the rosary the whole way around. It's like I'm sitting in here. I do not did do not need to know the rosary that much. By
1: the end of it, I knew the Hail Mary. I right. <laughs> was hey, like, by the end of it, the, I know the Hail Mary. I right. knew that when I was six, male <laughs> I learned it off by heart by the time I was six. Wow. So I'm holier than you. I, I was 31, <laughs> really? No, 30 when I learned <laughs> the Hail Mary. The first year, you're reminding me of, again, Panawonic, a small, isolated mine in town making what was, I always called it my first Holy Communion, It's never just your first communion, first Holy Communion and it being a big deal and getting um cards and wee holy medals and so on from granny and aunties in uh, Ireland but my classmates and people in Panahonaka having no clue what was this that we were doing, there was a rumour going about the town that I was some kind of child bride with a little <laughs> veil on <laughs> me huh? And I had a party and they all arrived with birthday cards and birthday presents. They, there was no, do you know where I was here? Of course it's a big deal and everybody knows it. Feeling, I wouldn't say isolated, but I didn't have anyone to share it with. I think there was one other person in the town oh. making a first communion, another wee Irish fella, Jamie, somebody. Um, So feeling very special, but it wasn't was kind of disconnected from the wider Panawonica community. Nobody knew what. But why were we having a party? Why is she all dressed in white? What? Michaela and Jamie are getting married. Yes, that pretty much. <laughs> yeah. child bride under the bargain. <laughs> they're only eight, but they're getting
0: married. <laughs> or seven. <gasps> was it changed to eight? Was I that? It
1: was seven
0: before. Or? I
1: have no idea. It's I remember, and then I remember making anyway. my confirmation there. And then I went to Santa Maria Ladies College in Perth. I went to a boarding school. Oh, my goodness. Run by nuns. Wow. That's good crack. <laughs> that was... So, again, you know, when it was in every aspect of my life. Do you know, in, in the school itself, again, the pictures, the statues, that was constant. But the education, the Catholic schools were far superior if you like too and a lot of people wanted their wains to go to catholic schools and would start going to mass and you know kind of being catholic before they this is a thing but again it was all very nobody else got it do you know in the sort of wider community until it came to the schooling and because it was a better school and then it was something that was worth having yeah To have that
0: aye aye so nuns then, you were nuns. taught
1: by nuns. No, the nuns were the, um, we had the boarding school, was attached obviously to a school, and we had house mothers that yes. ran the houses that we stayed in. And in one term, mine was a nun, called Sister Assumpta. And my abiding memory of Sister Assumpta was uh, what we called gladrap in Australia here is called cling film. Yeah. She used to wash it and hang it out in the line. <laughs> I don't know why that was relevant. Do you know she, what? So she, do you know what? She, she was, was reusing very, and recycling. She was before. very forward thinking. Yes, exactly. Didn't get that at the time though. Wow, no to landfill. That's your thing film. <laughs> yes.
0: Fair play to sister
1: <laughs> Pe- or something. Pegging it out on the, on the wash of it. But then boarding school too, there, because there was no secondary school in the town because it was so small, You were away for a term at a time, not just, you know, a week. You were away for three months at a time from the age of 11, 12. So you learned to be really independent very early. Yes, Yes. it was all. I remember homesickness being a real thing, a real sickness you could feel. Um, But no religion and Mary was constant. It was a constant kind of there, even if I wasn't paying attention to it.
0: Well, Sister Assumpta, I mean, named after the Assumption. No. Aye, I never thought
1: of that. Aye. Aye.
0: Oh, she was with you the whole
1: time. <laughs> she was. No escape. No escaping. <laughs> Can't get away from Mary. Um. And then the years later, um, I was very unwell uh, in mental health many years later and spent time in Grantia and I think we talked about this before maybe there's a theme the woman in the bed beside me was the Virgin Mary and was given birth every night at the same time she went into labor wow
0: Yeah, because this came up because I was talking yes. about my mum and my mum's experience of meeting the Virgin Mary who was in Grancha. in the, the bed same next. Woman? I don't know, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I wonder, so oh, she's
1: no. still there. She might be
0: a wee bit, was she
1: very old? No, I don't think. She's like in her 60s? I remember her having fair hair, being blonde. She, she may have been, you know, she was in her late 50s anyway. Could have been her to be fair because my mum was 28
0: when she had me, right? And I was less than a year old when she was in Grancha. right? So my dad had her section and she was in Grantia, and yeah, she was just like, Get me out of here! That is crazy, yeah. I do not want to be near that, I do not want to become that. That's that's my edge. So maybe the Virgin Mary still and
1: well, was still in Grantia 10 years later because I remember thinking, again, you know, that. That everything's relative and yes I was very unwell but again that woman's experience I, m- I remember thinking I don't even warrant having a bed here I'm only a wee bit mad I can't I be I love that I'm
0: <laughs> only I'm only just a, wee, only bit a wee bit mad. mad I
1: really don't in the great scheme of things this is I only want to kill myself themselves. I'm not giving birth to <laughs> anybody <laughs> as, long <laughs> as long as my, my stuff crazy stuff doesn't it. impinge <laughs> upon anybody else I'm okay <sighs> But even at that there, there was an awful lot of, and a lot of people say this, in psychiatry and mental health, when people are unwell, religion can feature very highly. Do you know, in delusions and in different things, it becomes a big deal. Because one of the other men in there um, was, he was the son of Pio. Wow, I had some great conversations with him. Uh, He also invented the atomic bomb. I don't know when that was or anything else um and he did think that um my son had regal bearings and i had the look of a pauper the same man <laughs> so the same. that's why you were chosen for mary you see i had the pauper look <laughs> that's, that's why you were
0: chosen for Mary. i was mary. still
1: looking like a pauper
0: Stella, yeah <laughs> it's just hanging up. you know i don't think so um wow yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in fairness, uh, my um my step brother had been through he'd been through cancer. He, um he he had been he'd been through cancer twice, and he would come out the other side. And he was quite, you know, he he got that so his mental health deteriorated completely. Um, so like lots of stress in life and stuff like that, and. Uh, <laughs> he he thought he was he thought he was Jesus for a while. Um, he did eventually kill himself, but yeah, he walked out in front of a lorry. He'd been in he'd been in in like in psychiatric care, and yeah, had left and walked out in front of a lorry, got hit by the lorry, walked away from it her driver was totally shaken and then oh. you know the delusions then of like i'm an i'm invincible i'm yes. immortal i must be yes. and it kind of went in that route and i think yeah religion does play a lot in in mm. sort of in psychiatric mm. um well yeah in, in conditions yeah. it does feature quite heavily and
1: the delusions and if it's that yeah. you're clinging on to something or so steeped
0: in our identity and yeah. our culture and, yeah. and yeah. It, we're surrounded by it yeah. all the time that yeah this is that these things come up mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. we're taught to fear and we're taught to um, to to hold it up on such a high level so yeah I
1: suppose uh, I also went to Medjugorje I'm just remembering this now um not long after my sister died and I wasn't grieving and my mommy was concerned and my mommy was very devout so nothing else for it than a dropped to magic that'll sort you out <laughs> and at that I remember um what I know what I understand now to be if a group of people all have the same energy and belief in a person it will create a a feeling mass euphoria yes there's something and there was something about it it was a wonderful place it was so peaceful it was and I do remember praying at the statue of our lady and it moved or she moved or and again you know that kind of when everyone believes the same thing and I don't know if you want to believe it or but definitely feeling something that at the time I did understand to be you know, an intervention and believed in, but I've since changed my mind. I don't think that's what it was at all. But (laughs) (laughs) that being a great great experience, I mean, it was only a good experience, but it was an important one. But I think it was maybe more important for my mum than me. Right. I think it was more important for her that I had been there and she sought some sort of healing for me. Um... That was a big. Religion was always a big part of it, big part of everything. Yeah, very important.
0: Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I told you it wouldn't be that traumatic. Yeah, it would be just welcome. nice and savvy.
1: Now I want to find a nativity play middle-aged women so i can rightfully claim the part of gabriel and get to speak or or just write <laughs> mary's words right right what you think idea. mary would say that's an idea Aye.
0: yeah i think we should do an alternative Aye. an alternative okay. christmas
1: story sounds good i'm in as long as i'm, I'm a part, in. a speaking I'm part in. you can be mary proper this time <laughs> i'm in <laughs> whatever
0: happens i'm totally in
1: me, me, pick me. Pick Can me. I be
0: time? <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It's been lovely.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: Yay! Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode twelve of For the Love of Mary podcast. Thank you to the Arts Council of Northern Ireland for their support in allowing me to be able to do this project. Um, to be able to. To meet with all of these amazing women and capture their stories keep listening there's three podcasts left um they're amazingly unexpected stories and um yeah i hope you enjoy do the like subscribe share thing um let's get this out there without you and your support these stories go nowhere and i think you'll agree that they deserve to be heard and they deserve to be given the space that they really need. Um, I'll catch you next time. Thank you.